0: Welcome to Industrial Marketing Live. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Peyton Warren and I'm a strategist at Gorilla 76. We're an industrial marketing agency and I'm also one of your IML hosts. So to introduce today's topic, I'm gonna hand it over to our senior performance marketer and TikTok star, Kevin (laughs) McClary.
1: Thanks Peyton, Um, appreciate that intro. So yeah, today we're gonna be talking about google ads um something we love here at gorilla um something i'm sure a lot of y'all are familiar with on some level um because when it comes to paid media google ads is something that it, it seems folks are more familiar with than any other uh media platform because it has been around since the year 2000 and the concept of how it works is pretty easy to understand right like you you bid on a keyword, someone searches for it, um, the ad pops up in their in their search results, they click it, they contact you, they convert, right? It, It seems really simple. And because Google ads are so high intent, it can feel like you're fishing in a really small pond. So it's often that business leaders see it as easy money, and they want to then put all of their media budget into Google ads. And because of this, in the last 23 years since it launched, a lot of businesses have run Google ads and even tried to learn it themselves. You know, there's a lot of information out there, free information, uh, YouTube tutorials, blogs, even those free Google training courses. Um, But a lot of this info is geared more towards consumer brands, like direct to consumer, uh, business to consumer. And there's not as much relevant B2B information out there. And of course, it's one thing to learn about these things, like on YouTube or from a course, but it's another thing to actually do it and then learn the nuances of what does work and what doesn't work, and learning this kind of small changes and tweaks that you can make to make a big difference in your campaign for performance. So, um, you know, that's why I say there are a lot of people out there that have some knowledge of Google ads or maybe have run it themselves. Um, and so I, I say it as like there's a lot of people who know enough to be dangerous. They know enough to get a campaign launched, build a keyword list, target some keywords, but not as effective as they could be. They're not actually maximizing the possibilities of the platform um, by doing things that we're going to get into, like adding negative keywords, uh, building really targeted keyword lists, even just the basic campaign setup and like settings that you use can make a, a, a big difference. So um, yeah, with that, like, I know there we have some people on our team that have been on the in-house side, Brendan, Mary and Aaron, and you have run Google ads. So I'd love to hear from you, like from your side, from from the in-house side, like
2: what is your experience with running Google ads on there? Kevin, you're right. There is a lot of information out there on how to get started with Google Ads. I did a Google search this morning, and it was like 295 million results. And I would say there's probably less than a hundred about industrial marketing, right? So there's not very much information about B2B marketing. There's even less about B2B industrial marketing. Um, You know, I I think when you talk about like SaaS, like it's their market categories are easy. People know how to search, right? Like if you if you work at a CRM company, right? If you work at HubSpot, like you know to put you know CRM marketing software as your keyword, like it's pretty easy. Um, What I found from in-house was my customers talk about my products in a lot of different ways. So it's hard to find the right keywords. um, And a lot of them have a really small volume. Uh, the keyword difficulty is usually pretty good though, right? Like it's pretty, like the, it's not very hard. There's not a lot of difficulty in all, a lot of these keywords because no one else is bidding on them usually. Uh, you know, maybe you might have one or two other competitors, um, but it's not like, you know, trying to bid on CRM software. Uh, so I think a lot of times like you can get in at a reasonable cost if you know how to set the campaigns up correctly, but it's, it's difficult to know how to do that. Um, a lot of these tutorials don't do a great job of showing that. And so that's what I hope we're going to, you know, we're going to talk about today is how do we actually set these up so that. Um, so yeah, Kevin, you said, you know, enough to be dangerous, uh, but you don't know enough to not spend, you know, thousands of dollars and just throw it out, throw it out the window. Right. Like it's so easy to spend a ton of money in Google ads and not get any results out of it. So, um, yeah, it's, it, this is difficult stuff. And I, I think this is going to be a good resource. This would have been a good resource for me, like three years ago, uh, as I was getting started into Google ads. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, uh, it should be pretty good. Mary, what is your experience?
3: Yeah, so when I was in-house, um Google Ads was one of the only digital campaigns that we were actually running aside from, you know, banner ads on an industry publication website or something. Um but it was owned by IT. So it actually was not owned by marketing and that was because yeah, I know. Marketing owned like trade shows, brochures, um product launches, but for some reason just did not own Google Ads and it was I think it was more like a maybe just an internal political thing at my former company but I have heard other situations where IT owns Google Ads because they own the website. So mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting dynamic but I tried to get into it and I was only allowed like read-only access so I was allowed to see the setup and how it um how it looked in platform but I wasn't allowed to actually do anything in it. So that was kind of frustrating, but that's really the extent of my Google Ads experience in-house. So I learned most of my Google ads, luckily through best practices from Gorilla.
2: Yeah. So ours was set up by so it's corporate marketing. So like we had a corporate marketing team that ran all the Google ads. Um, and then like I could like hey, you know, we probably should change these keywords around because our customers don't talk about it that way. But like I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to do keyword research. And uh, but yeah, it that's funny. So IT owned yours, corporate marketing owned mine. Anybody else have those experiences or does everybody else here run their own instances of Google ads and can, you know, control everything? Getting some I head nods to, that it looks
4: like. Yeah, you know,
3: we'll yeah. Well, people answer that. Um, how frustrating is that, Brendan? Just knowing how easy it is now to navigate inside Google ads that you had to tell corporate marketing to turn off a keyword when it was like, it's like, Kevin, will go through this, but it's literally the click of a button. It takes yeah. no effort whatsoever.
2: Yeah, Pretty infuriating looking back on it now. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so maybe even before we get into like the whole setup, I mean, it, it sounds like Google Ads, really common. Lots of industrial companies are like willing to try it. Barrier to entry is low. Easy like to draw that connection between putting money in. I think Kevin said this yesterday. Put money in, get lead out. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of really um, compelling to tell with your leadership. So like... You know how do you even know that google ads is is right for your company? Like, is it just right for everybody? or I guess, before we even jump into that, like how do we know that it's right for our industrial companies?
2: And I would say sometimes it's not, right? like i think we're I think we're starting to learn like on some clients, and it doesn't make sense. like they just like the conversions don't happen. Um, you know, and the, I think we're talking about like super big high ticket items sometimes are difficult to get good information out. Um, you know, I, it, it seems like for those types of clients, like a paid social, um, and this is things with like really low volumes, right? We have some clients that do very, very well on Google ads and they make a lot of money with them. Um, but yeah, so it really depends. Like, I would say like one thing, like don't have like the sunk cost fallacy where oh, I put all this time and effort into Google ads. So I need to make sure I get something out of it. You know, after six months, if it's not, if you're not getting any revenue out of it, it, you know, I would really look at considering canceling that program and putting that money into something else that's actually going to drive your messaging forward.
0: Well, that's that's valid. Maybe before we talk about canceling it, we talk about how to set it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the life of marketing, right? Uh, yeah. So Kevin, I, I guess like when it comes to getting a campaign set up, you know, as a performance marketer and and Patrick, he's also on our performance marketing team. So feel free to chime in here too and give everyone a wave. But, uh, you know, like, what do you even need to do? Like, what are the things you need, the steps you need to take to actually set up your campaign?
1: Right. So um, you want to you really want to start thinking about how you're going to structure your campaign. Um, because there's, there's different levels, right? Like when you're setting up your campaign, you have your campaign level, you have your ad group level and within your ad group, you can start grouping specific keywords. Like if you have keywords that you're targeting that are related to each other, you want it to be within its own ad group. Um, but you also want to think about how Google ads classifies, uh, the keywords that you can target. So you can target on basically three different levels you have broad match keywords you have phrase match keywords and then you have exact match so the way google defines it is um broad match like if say you're targeting lawn mowing service if you have something classified as a broad match keyword you can then actually reach anything that somebody searches that relates to that at all so somebody could search like lawn aeration and that could still show up when you someone searches for long mowing service or um, with phrase match it's ads show when a search includes the meaning of your keyword so if it the keyword is lawn mowing service um, someone could search lawn mowing services near me or hire a company to mow my lawn and your ad can show up and then exact match is like only if somebody searches that exact keyword. So you want to be thinking about which targeting type am I using on my keywords? Like if you sell a really, really specific product or service, you're probably going to want to avoid using broad match, right? And when you start grouping these things together within an ad group, you also don't want unrelated keywords in one ad group. Um, because you're also going to be p- building an ad that reaches people that search for that specific group of keywords that you're targeting. It's kind of difficult to show you exactly like without showing, sorry, there's a jet flying over. Um, <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> difficult to show you exactly like without having um, an ad campaign in front of you. But basically be thinking about what, what am I, who do I actually want to reach? What are they actually searching for and how can I group related things together?
0: Yeah. So Mary and Brendan also put in the chat, like we just like, typically we're not using broad match or exact match keywords. Whenever we set up campaigns at gorilla, doesn't mean we never use them. It just more often than not, we're not using them. So Um, I think that's kind of just an interesting thing. It's like, can you give an example, Mary or Brendan, you know, Kevin, feel free, but a time that you have used broad match?
1: Yeah, so I've used broad match keywords before when say maybe you don't necessarily know for sure what someone is searching for, um, for your product or your service. Like if it's not exactly clear who your customer is yet, Um, you could run broad match and kind of see what people are searching for, how they're actually ending up on your site. Um, And then you can kind of narrow down from there. Um, That's one instance.
3: Yeah. I've used broad match too. If the product is really specific, like we were helping a company that sold a niche X-ray equipment and the search volume was so low that we just broad matched it and had a really specific keyword phrase that no one who was not searching this very specific niche X-ray product would ever land on. So that's another instance where broad match might work in your favor. Cool.
0: Eddie posted in the chat too. I think this is really interesting. And Eddie, if you would like to come on and talk a little bit about it, but uh, he he mentioned that he uh, noticed a ton of small mid-sized manufacturers having hard times justifying the cost of Google Ads because they're getting outbid. Um, so. Definitely see that happening. And we can maybe talk a little bit more about bids. But uh, um, do y'all have anything you want to say in response to that?
5: I think if you have like a bigger company spending a lot on Google ads like that, well, you could try and kind of sell to like your leadership group is doing a very limited keyword focused plan at first. Like, show like if you pick your top two potential keywords that are very specific to you, if you put all your budget on those, you could show. Like your leadership, you're like, hey, I target this one keyword. And even though they're spinning a lot overall, like I still got X amount of leads from it. And then you can kind of expand past that.
0: <clears throat> that's a great point, Patrick. And uh, I think that's another thing that we do whenever we're structuring these campaigns at Gorilla is we try to be very, very specific on a limited number of keywords instead of having like 50 words you're bidding on. Mm-hmm. You have that one phrase match that you're just going for.
2: Yeah, Kevin, Absolutely. what would you say like to get started? Um, you know, for a mid-sized manufacturer, like the, you know, kind of clients that we work with, what is a good amount of keywords slash ad groups to start with? Um, yeah, I'd say like maybe two to
1: three ad groups, and then have it's gonna depend client to client, like, but you might end up having like a handful of keywords per yeah. ad group, like five. Um, you could even have like one or two if, if it is really dialed in, but you don't have to get crazy. Um, like you, I've seen, we, we've, we've inherited some ad accounts before where we get in there and somebody's targeting like a hundred keywords, broad match, and they're just burning through their budget and like, nothing's really happening. So I think starting out with two to three ad groups and like five ish or so keywords per ad group is a healthy place to start. Mm Yep.
2: Yep.
0: We haven't yet started talking about negative keywords, but I want to take us there next um, after asking Luke's question. So Luke asked a question about bidding on competitor brand names. Um, and I know Mary's got thoughts <laughs> on this.
2: Luke, you want to come on and talk about your experience with that and um, you know any results that you've gotten from that?
4: I don't have a ton of experience with it because like I said at the end, it always feels a bit shady to me. And I think it's within the rules, but it feels a little, what do they call it? Black hat or whatever. Uh, I've built, you know, you you get your comparison page of comparing yourself to a competitor. So you have their brand name on your website and you're kind of playing within the guidelines of Google. But I've always just felt it feels a little bit weird. And also, also always makes me a little nervous that they see it and start kind of shots fired, start doing the same thing or, or something worse. So I, I really haven't executed on it uh, in the past, but you see it when you search a piece of software or something, you know, you search Salesforce, there's 10 other ads of CRMs out there or whatever. I'm just curious if Kevin or anyone has any positive experiences with it, because it, it could be pretty low hanging fruit if it works.
3: Yeah. I don't have positive experiences from my own, but I have friends in like performance marketing who have done this and it's their highest converting page, both organic and paid is a competitor comparison page.
1: Yeah. It can depend too on how many people are in the market, right? Like if there's two or three, it might make sense. But if there are a lot of competitors, like you can only do so much, Like right? You don't wanna be creating a landing page for every single one of your competitors because then you're putting more energy into them than you are on your own business. Um, so you kinda of just have to like play it by, I mean, you know your market better than anybody, you know? And if you think that is going to, you're gonna to put too much energy into that or that's gonna to ruffle too many feathers, then, you know, it's it's probably worth more just focusing, dialing in your own keywords.
3: I think you just need to get creative with the headlines too. Like Kevin and I have had these discussions when clients have wanted to do this, and I think you, I think there's a gap in the market for creative Google Ads competitor pages. If you do something, um, I don't know, if Mitsubishi and you know Galt or ABB are going head to head, and ABB is bidding on Galt keywords, and it's like, hey, think you need Galt electric? Actually, ABB has X Y Z. So that could be like three headlines that you pin in those headline positions and just see how it converts. Um, yeah, I think experimenting there is is huge and could be high converting.
5: I think it's definitely way more common in like the direct-to-consumer space. That's my old agency kind of life. I had a lot of clients direct-to-consumer and it was constant battles for like, We were doing it, their competitors were doing it. And I feel like in a direct and consumer space, creative can be, for lack of better terms, a bit more savage than B2B is. But one thing to remember is like, if you're making a $100,000 investment, like that person's probably doing the research on your competitors. So if you have a landing page that just states like specific benefits without saying their name, they're probably gonna notice that benefit sometimes on their own as well.
0: (laughs) So when it comes to... Setting up the words you're bidding on. Are there words that you want to make sure you're not bidding on outside yeah. of competitors? Maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. Instead of competitors. Yeah. I mean, like, think about if there are, say someone is, is if you're not going the competitor route, and there are brands that you don't carry, there are specific things that you don't do, services that you don't offer that people may be searching for. Um, you can add that to your negative keyword list and then if somebody searches for that your ad will not appear right so start thinking about that like if you if you are already getting leads in in your other efforts that are not good leads um that are irrelevant to your actual business think about how did those people find you how did they end up whether they searched or they heard about you one way or another like mm-hmm. think about how they would actually act on a search engine and work backwards from there. Like, what would they be searching for? Negative that out and and start sort of nipping that in the bud, right, that you're not going to be getting those searches from the beginning, but as your campaign runs as well, um, you can look at the terms that people are searching for, already seeing your ads, and you can start negative
2: out keywords that way as well. Some that come up to my mind off the top of my head. Um, if you are selling like in a piece of equipment and not doing a service, but if you're selling a piece of equipment, like things like used, or um, you know, like um, pump service, or you know, like so things that talk about like post sale type things, or like yeah, the used market, um, I always negative those out right away. Um, and then yeah, I think you just have to like be in those search terms all the time and like really understand your product and your service and and get rid of the things that's aren't leading to business results. Like I think that's like the biggest part of your optimization after launch is looking at those search terms and being really judicious about getting rid of the ones that aren't doing anything for you and wasting your budget. But I right. see I see used a lot. Used happens a lot when you set the campaigns up. So I always negative that one out. Used and like price if you're not posting price on your website,
1: do not bid on that either. Um or like how to or yep. Support like if you Manual. don't offer tech support for your product, you won't have that
2: in there. Um I see manuals a lot too, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I think that to me is always something like a post-sale kind of thing. So I wouldn't do that as a Google. I I have like a, an organic result for that, but not for uh paid. All
0: right. So um do we want to talk through it all about like finding keywords or should we just move through to campaign structure? I know we've kind of talked about that in the past on, on previous IMLs. What, how are y'all feeling?
2: Does everyone on the call feel comfortable like doing their own keyword research or do you want us to jump into that a little bit?
0: We've got some questions about how often to perform keyword research. All right.
2: Noel wants us to talk about this. So let's do it. Right. So I think keyword research, I think it. You probably have a good idea just from your own business, like what people talk about. But another thing that, like, when you're doing customer research, ask them, like, how how do you actually find this stuff, and how do you get information about our product? Uh, so what, and ask like what specific words. Um, and I think this is important to ask everybody because you might get a wide variety of answers that you might need to put Google Ads spend to, or you know, make the determination like. It seems like more people are, you know, talking about X versus Y. So we'll put, you know, our spend to X. But then they'll like once you get more budget uh, going into like this alternative phrasing um, is a potential place for you to add some more some more volume. All right, so I'm actually going to show you guys um,
1: the Google Keyword Planner tool um, and kind of how we look at it. There's all kinds of like there's other keyword planner tools, right? But like Google is a free one. Um, If you have a Google ads account, you can access this. So I'm going to share my screen. All right. So if you, even if you have a basic Google ads account, you haven't done anything in there yet, you can still um, open up this tool. And it's really cool because like Brendan said, you can, you can take um, what you kind of know people are already searching for um to get to you and you can discover new keywords like you can use this tool and then you can even start to get um like a forecast or estimates on the amount of search volume um, that you'll get for specific keywords and you can start grouping them together in ad groups as well like we've mentioned like maybe you want to start out with an ad group with four or five keywords in there you can start grouping that together and visualizing it and sort of getting estimates on on where you'll get with that. So um, I'd love to hear from someone. Like, let's use one of y'all's businesses as an example. Like, what is uh, a keyword that you think you would bid on if you're running a Google ad campaign?
0: Industrial air compressors.
1: Nice. Industrial air compressors. Rachel, All right. you win. <laughs> Sweet. So <laughs> say we're gonna just dis- we want to discover new keywords. We want to get an idea of things related to that. So we go in here, we search
4: industrial air compressors, get results. And you get a
1: huge list of related keywords and it's showing you the estimated average monthly searches that that keyword gets, um, how much it's changed over the last three months, over the last year, Um, the amount of competition that you might see with that keyword, and then even the top of bid um, range, top of page bid range. So this is showing you like the estimated minimum and then maximum amount that you should bid per click to actually get on the top
4: of the search results page. Does that make sense?
0: So then if any of those words are relevant to you, you just check the box, right?
1: Yep. You can start checking the box. And you can then click add keywords to create plan. So you can start building building out your plan and then go here under saved keywords.
0: And Rachel's got a good question here too. like. Um, She's asking about, you know, like, do you have to do the singular or plural version of each keyword? Um, Mary kind of already jumped in in the chat, but, you know, if you're using phrase match, generally Google will catch
2: that, that little right. even exact match.
1: Yeah, it, it's pretty good even on exact match. So once you start grouping your keywords together, you can get specifically like the estimates on these keywords that you've saved. Um, you can, Organize them in certain ways. You can start um, building out like these these ad groups, like I said, that you can have saved, so that you can go ahead and build out like an entire plan um, and have a campaign like ready to launch just from using this um, campaign planner tool. So um, let's make just like a test
4: campaign. I'll just name that campaign test, ad group test,
1: and you can select all of your saved keywords over here and start adding it to your ad group.
0: And you see that sneaky thing that Google does—how it just automatically adds them all as broad match.
1: Right. They like to—they like to have everything selected as broad match as default, but. You can go in here and narrow it down to phrase match or exact match um, so you get more of a
2: clear estimate and plan. This screen share will be on YouTube later. uh, So if you want to go back to reference this, Absolutely.
3: Mike, I have a little interesting tip on the exact match, too, if you guys decide to do it, Um, going back to like using the X-ray equipment as another analogy. So we exact matched something like MRI. So that actually means magnetic resonance imaging you will show up even if it's exact match for both MRI and magnetic resonance imaging because Google looks at your landing page and can understand, okay, they're exact matching MRI and their landing page is leading them to a magnetic resonance imaging machine. So I know that that's what they mean when they're acronyming exact match MRI. Google's
0: pretty smart sometimes. (laughs) All right. So we we talked a little bit about keywords. you know, if anyone else has questions about specific keywords, just let us know. We can always come back. But um, we've also talked a little bit about campaign structure. Kevin, is there anything else, like just tips you want to
3: share there?
1: Um, within campaign structure? Um, I mean, you want to start thinking too about what your ads are going to look like. Um, like you, you want to have different ads for your different ad groups, your different keywords. You don't want to build an ad that says all of the has all of the same headlines has all of the same ad copy um, if if it's a completely different keyword group. So start thinking about the ads that you're gonna um, how you want to organize that um, and also whatever else like information you're going to include on um, extensions. Um, Google has additional extensions, additional assets that you can add to an ad. Um, And you want to think about how that is going to work backwards and match to um, your campaign group or your ad group.
0: So basically, you want to pair relevant keywords together, piece them out in a way where you can, um, you know, turn things on or off later whenever Mm -hmm. you are learning things. That's a big part of Google is just watching and learning. Awesome. Um, So speaking of ads, you talked a little bit about extensions. Um, Maybe it makes sense if we just pull up an example of an ad, we can kind of talk through the different pieces of it that you'll have to write if you are um, preparing a campaign like this.
4: Yeah.
2: Kevin, let's search for industrial air compressors and see what that search looks like. Yeah, that's
4: exactly where my head was headed. All right.
1: Y'all so smart.
4: One second.
0: Mary Brand asks, while you're pulling that up, what is the benefit of limiting keywords so that you don't have industrial air compressors and industrial air compressors, industrial compressors, or is it just easier to manage? So
2: Sorry. I think in a phrase match, both of those would be captured under the same keyword, mm-hmm. but I'm not
4: positive because with the, with the air in the middle.
0: That's where when it comes time, when you, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, but like when you're optimizing your campaign, you can add negative keywords. And that's where an exact match negative keyword can be really handy for you. Because if you want, you don't want to show up for industrial compressors, but you do want to show up for industrial air compressors, you could add a negative keyword for industrial compressors. Um, another example is like, if you want to show up for you know, industrial ovens, but you don't want to show up for pizza ovens. (laughs) You know, you can negative out the word pizza, um, things like that to kind of help yourself. But don't, I I would uh, maybe stress like to not do that at the outset um, in the example of industrial compressors and industrial air compressors, because you might end up cutting out quality searchers. Uh, Just take a little while to learn before you negative out something that's so, Similar, Because you're thinking back like what Kevin said about search intent. If they're searching for something, how are they typing it into Google? Might they just type in industrial compressor and still be looking for an industrial air compressor? It's possible.
1: Yeah. So here I've got actual um, search results pulled up now. And we searched for industrial air compressor. And this is what I mean by... Somebody searches for something, you can show up at the top of the page. They click on it, you know, they convert. That's the idea that people have with Google Ads. Um, but when we search industrial air compressor, the top results are these ads. They are labeled as ads. Um, the actual like elements of the ad itself, you have had these headlines. And when you're building out an ad within the Google Ads platform, you're given Uh, the option of adding 15 different ad headlines and also a description. So this smaller text down here is considered the description and you can have four different descriptions. So 15 headlines, four descriptions, and when an ad actually serves, Google determines which headline and which description it wants to show. So you wanna make sure that all of the elements that you're putting into your ad are, really relevant and like speaking to the person searching like speaking to the benefits they're looking for the solutions they are um and thinking about how think about how you act as a searcher like what are you looking for um and think backwards from there like what is your customer wanting because the ad like with Google ads, people talk so much about the, the targeting and the media, and they think it's all about that. But I think having a good ad, it can go, it has just as much weight as the targeting that you're using. Um, I also mentioned extensions. So there are other elements of the ad that you can um, add in. Uh, called extensions. There's site link extensions, call out extensions. You can even have a call extension where someone, you can put your phone number on the ad and someone can click directly on the ad and call you. Um, So you want to think about that as well. Like what other information do you want to include in your ad? Um, Where do you want to send them? If they click on diesel air compressors, if you have that as as an extension on your ad? Is it going to your diesel air compressor page, right? So there's a lot that you can do with the ad itself, um, but you wanna be mindful of, are you building your ad? Are you building your extension for actual like use? Is it user friendly? Like, are you sending people to a page where they can actually take action? Um, I don't know, Patrick, I'd love to hear your thoughts too on like building out the ad and the the ad extensions. Like what, what do you think, what are you looking for? What kind of information um, are you looking to include? I think
5: you definitely hit like one of the more important nails on the head of like thinking of what your searcher. I think the worst thing you can do as a marketer doing Google ads is think about what like just go to your site and see, like, oh, we sell X, Y, and Z. Like, think about what your customer is dealing with, like, what solutions, what problems they're facing, and then what you would do in their seats the best thing you can do. But I think, like, some of the best snippets and calls are always like the lists of services you serve. Like, they might search like industrial air compressor, but they're looking for one specific, really specific niche type. And it might not be in your headline, but then you include it in like a call out or a snippet. And they're like, oh, this company has exactly what I'm needing. And then you get that click, you get that conversion because of that. And Google just loves having extensions. I think having a phone number is definitely crucial for B2B more than most extensions.
1: Totally. One thing I wanna point out too, let's click on the main ad. like So they're sending us to basically an e-comp page, right? Um, you want to think about your landing page. Where are you actually sending people when they click on your ad? If you have an e-comm setup and you're looking to have people convert directly that way, it makes sense to send people to the exact page where they can purchase. But for a lot of us, we, we don't have that, right? Like in B2B, we're sending people to a page where they can contact you. So what should that landing page look like? You want to have... A headline that speaks directly to the thing the person is searching for. If someone searches for industrial air compressor, you want to send them to a page that's talking about industrial air compressors, you want to have a, a form where someone can fill it out and contact you. Some of these things they, they sound really obvious, right? But you'd be you'd be surprised at how many ads we end up seeing that don't do these things somebody searches industrial air compressor and then they click on it and it sends them to just a generic like homepage or um, like a, an FAQ page, right? Like those pages definitely have their place and like have value, but not when somebody is searching because they have a problem, they don't want to get to a a page that doesn't solve their problem. Mary, I see you laughing. I love hearing you. (laughs) What you have? Just, I'm like, laughing
4: at the chat.
1: Oh, okay. Because we clicked on <laughs> I think saying,
3: "Oh, poor, poor Northern <laughs> Tool is paying for all these clicks."
1: I'm sorry, Northern Tool. You, I just cost you three dollars.
5: <laughs> just find like their internal marketer and Vidmo them a few bucks. Yeah,
1: with an, with a link to the next episode. <laughs> for it's for the greater good of marketing. <laughs>
2: One thing I think that's interesting here is to look at the second option, right? So look at the Northern Tool result, right? So they have, you know, the the site links on there. Like it's a nice looking ad. And then you look at aircompressorsdirect.com, and the description is not great. Uh, there's no other like extensions or descriptions or call outs, right? So I feel like, especially with Northern Tool being the top position, like I think more people are going to be apt to click on the Northern Tool ad because it has a little more detail. So I think like those extra extensions and images and stuff are super important um, to make your ad stand out and take up real estate.
1: It's one thing to think about too, is like your ads going to appear differently on desktop versus mobile. Like mobile tends to show different extensions um, more often than, than, uh, than desktop. Like in my case, like I seem to see more image extensions on mobile. Um, they, They, they appear better there um and that's the other thing too like google's not always going to show all of your extensions it's it's kind of like contextual um let's click on that air compressors direct landing page it's similar they kind of have an e ecom setup mhm yeah
0: yeah i i searched um industrial air compressors on my end and um the first ad is just a landing page for me. I don't know if you want to put it. It might show up, but it's a, not a great example. I can.
1: Uh, you should. You share your screen.
0: All right. So, um, industrial air compressors. So very similar search. First ad here, and I kind of clicked quickly through there. But I mean, they've got yeah. full, they've got a full ad, right?
4: Yeah.
0: But. Then you get to pop in here. Great that they've got a form right at the top. Mm. Got it, you know? It's not the worst, but not the best. There's room for improvement.
4: I actually don't like the form at the top. I would have liked to have seen an image of an industrial air compressor there.
3: Yeah, they have a handshake.
4: That's right, that's my hot take.
0: Yeah. So you know you got to think about, all right, if someone's searching industrial air compressor, what are they wanting to learn more about? Why would they click through? what information could you give them to continue to entice them to learn more about your product, your company um, and then build out this page
4: to match.
1: So I saw that question come through of how does Google decide like placement? I think that's something um cool to talk about, like, how does the actual Google ad auction work? Um, Brendan, you said quality score and your bid, that's exactly right. Um, Google's exact words are ad rank is a combination of your bid, ad quality, the um, context of the person's search, and the expected impact of the extensions and other ad formats. So again, extensions and like your ad copy itself really has a lot of weight. Um, of course your bid has the most weight, right? Like if, you, if you're if you outbidding somebody 3X, your ad's gonna show up more. Um, but it's also taking into account the relevance of your ad and your targeting and um, how helpful your ad will actually be to the user because Google's in the business of keeping people on the platform. They're they're wanting to show ads that are relevant. Um, so if you get into a bidding war, like if you know you're bidding around the same amount as your competitor, then if you have a better ad, if you have better extensions, your ad's gonna show up more. That's a good question.
5: Think of like the search, the ad, and your landing page on like one horizontal straight line. Google essentially wants those three to be exactly on that straight line. No like zigzag or anything. So like the closest your ad can be to the search, the more content on your landing page, that line's exactly up with that, the better you're going to be off.
1: I also, I forget who asked it, but earlier somebody was asking about like Google's recommendations. Um we never ever take Google's recommendations <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Um, Google is really, really good at getting you to waste money. they They like to recommend you things where you're gonna be upping your bid or spending more money. Um, we pretty much dismiss all of them., um, you know, it's it, it, I can see it be confusing if somebody is just starting out and they're like, oh, no, Google's telling them my ad sucks. like, what determines how well your ad is performing is like click through rate, conversion rate. Like, are people actually responding? Like, not what is Google telling you about your ad? So, we dismiss all of those.
2: We have to remember that Google is a gigantic, gigantic company that is good at making money. Right. So, this is their primary way they make money is through AdWords. Like, I think uh, AdWords and YouTube ads is how they make all, almost all their cash. So, um, uh, yeah, they are going to find ways to uh, get everything they can out of you.
4: So we appreciate
2: uh, Google for the services, but we will dismiss their recommendations, and we will make our own money.
0: <laughs> so I know we didn't get a lo- spend a lot of time talking about optimization. Um, uh, before we jump into that, I just want to ask um Emily Ting's question. Um, what factors do you use to decide what is a reasonable cost per click? Or is there a general range that we would aim for?
1: That can vary a lot. Like there are keywords that are twenty-seven dollars cost per click, and then there's some that are twenty-seven cents. Right? Like it it depends. Like you. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. Um,
0: so, what determines how expensive a keyword is? Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: It's competition. It's it's are other people bidding on it. Like when Google Ads first launched, the minimum was five cents a click, like on everything. So if you were the first person on there bidding on industrial air compressors, you could get five cents a click. It's different today, right? Because the pipes are filled; like people are are bidding on it. So that's what determines it. Um, when when I pulled up that keyword planner and it was kind of showing you your range of this is the, your top um, top of page. Bid, this is your bottom top of page bid. Like it was like 30 cents to $1.83. That will kind of give you a range of like your specific keyword, what you should be looking at. Um also think too, like work backwards from what is what is an actual reasonable cost per click for me to acquire a customer. Right. Like that's just general, like business, like customer acquisition cost, lifetime, lifetime value. Get yeah. all of that work backwards, um, and you can really. When Google Ads is like really working the best and like really humming, is when you you have those numbers, you understand that, and you know exactly where you can be bidding to get positive return. Another
5: big factor is a uh, volume, and it, that ties into Clicker conversions as well. For example, if you're only you know a month and you got one conversion, but overall your whole website has five website leads, like that's actually pretty good. Whereas if you see one website lead, but your company got 30 leads on your website, that might mean that you need to make some changes there. So like it, that also plays in the fact of like ticket costs. Like if you got a $20,000 compressor versus a $500,000 project, you're going to have a higher cost per click and conversion than any other anyone else really.
0: Great. Well, we didn't really get into talking about like, all right, so the campaign's launched and now you have to optimize (laughs) it. Um, So maybe just a a few quick tips there, uh, because I think you've given everyone the tools that they would need to actually get out there and set up their campaign. Um, So, you know, in your first month of running Google, you know, like, what would you expect? What should you expect to do?
1: Um, I would immediately like start looking at your search terms report which is uh that's like the the tool where google is showing you what people are searching for like how are they actually seeing your ads and see where the clicks are coming from um is there a relevant searches coming in that you you didn't anticipate you can start negativing those out immediately and then If you see things that are working, um, you can start narrowing down, right? Like if you're finding a keyword that's sort of the golden keyword, um, that can shape your strategy moving forward. Maybe you wanna just bid on that one. Um, So looking at your search term report immediately is is the first thing that I do, like when I launch a campaign.
0: Awesome. And dismiss all Google's recommendations for a while.
2: Always (laughs) and forever. I'll say the one thing that is, that helps me is, so we had a question like, what was the, uh, you know, benchmark conversion rate and click-through rate? So I think we tend to look at like 3%, like we try to hit, but then I think that's like the industry, right? Like you have to go and look and like, look at back at your historicals. Like if you're at like 2% all the time, like use that as your benchmark. If you're always at 4%, use 4% as your benchmark. Uh, And then, you know, we look at conversion rates at 1%, greater than 1%. So if your click-through rate is performing poorly, that's probably an ad problem. And then if your conversion rate is poor, it's probably a landing page problem. So that's how you I usually look at it uh, to get me started on the right track. Um, so yeah, poor conversion rate, look at your ads, Poor, con, uh, no, poor conversion rate, look at your landing page, poor click-through rate, look at your ads.
0: It's a great rule of thumb. Thanks, Brendan. Awesome. Well, then uh, with that, I think we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up today. Uh, Kevin, Patrick, you guys have any like m- big takeaways you want folks to keep in mind?
1: Yeah, uh, the- sorry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I was
5: going to say just remember to like also be patient. Like Kevin said, you definitely should actively manage like the negative keywords. There's no point in keep spending money on a term that has no relevance. But if you make like big bid changes, whether it be scheduling or changing if you're going from max clicks to maximize conversions, like You got to give it a month or so to figure it out. Google's a very, very smart AI algorithm, but it still takes a few weeks sometimes to get up off the ground. So don't make significant changes every single week. You might just shoot yourself in the foot there.
1: Definitely. Patience can pay off. Um, I'd say, like, think about how people are actually searching. What is their behavior on these search engines how do you use a search engine right like think about actual beha- consumer behavior and and work backwards from there if you search for something i touched on this before if you search for something and you click on the ad and you get to a landing page that's not helping you solve your problem you're going to go somewhere else so you want to make sure that your google ads are congruent from the, the campaign setup, the ad groups, the keywords that people are bidding on, the actual ad itself, and the landing page they're getting to. Somebody searches for air industrial air compressor, they see an ad that says industrial air compressor, they click on it, they get to a landing page that is, here's how you get an industrial air compressor. It seems so obvious and so simple, but people mess it up a lot. Um, so, think about how you can solve somebody's problem and work backwards from there.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, then uh, this is definitely going to be a conversation. I feel like that Brendan and Mary would continue in an episode of the Manufacturing Marketer. So if you're interested in uh, tuning into the podcast uh, that we've got going there, just be on the lookout in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure they'll pull Kevin and Patrick in for a conversation there. Um, Also, I just want to remind everyone that uh, if you would like to keep the conversations going in between our biweekly sessions, we're going to meet every first and third Thursday throughout 2023. No skips. Um, So uh, if you'd like to keep the conversation going, we we have a Slack group and we'd love for you to join us there. Uh, we had a great uh, just like kind of private session yesterday that Mary led on marketing plans. So thank you for uh, to the team that joined us there. But that was a really good conversation. And we're looking to do more of that within that community and, you know, just help share advice and uh, the challenges that we're encountering on a daily basis. So if you'd like to join the Slack group, just post in the, uh, the chat here or DM any of us, send us an email and we'll get you added. Um, next show. We're going to have uh, Alan, the conversion copywriter here at gorilla 76. He's going to join us and we're going to talk about yes. copy that will convert. Um, what you need to talk, what you need to think about as far as messaging tactics and things like that to really um, get the most mileage out of every single word on the page. So uh, anyway, thanks so much. Great way to start the year. Kevin, Patrick, thank you for sharing all your wisdom with us. We appreciate you. And, uh, hope you all have a great rest of your week.
2: All right. Thanks team. Thanks.
0: See you next time.